good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Uh, very excited about today. Uh, get to get up here again. Um, it's been a, uh, a rough time uh, with a herniated disc for going on four weeks now. Uh, but God is good. You know, God is good. It's, uh, I got to give some props to um, my son Nicholas, first of all, for preaching our John. Uh, last, last Sunday's lesson, I believe, was the best one. My opinion. You know, he's my son, you know. But uh, I really believe it was the best one. If you missed it, have him tell you about it. But uh, what was it, John 13, 34, and 35, somewhere in there? Uh, you know, Jesus says, uh, love one another as I have loved you. By this they will know that you're my disciples. I don't know about you, but that hit me right between the eyes. It really did. Um, because it's very important uh, to examine ourselves by the Word of God. Jesus Christ, what, what closer to the Word of God than we're going to get in our Savior, Jesus Christ, when he speaks. Um, and, and <coughs> excuse me, but when... Uh, Nick preached that with such passion last week. Uh, I, I was so excited. Uh, you know, uh, granted, um, I did miss two weeks of church, and which which seems like eternity for me. Uh, I, I I love church. I love God's word. I I love serving Him, praising Him. I love just everything about God. I I just do love it. And, and but Nick brought it about in a special way. Thank you. But a special way. Um, when he, the way he preached with so much passion, I, I, was, so, I was just moved, really moved. Uh, and then the message was, Rick, love people like Jesus loved you. But more importantly, love Diane like Jesus loved you. You know? Uh, and I know I'm supposed to love her uh, like Christ loved the church. You know, I know that. That's head knowledge. But my heart some, sometimes got a, you know, a little cold um, because we go through so much every single week, every single day, every single year. You know, it's been 30 years of MS. And uh, incredible. We, we should really write a book, but we've been so busy, you know, doing life and Christianity and family and, and church and keep on building things up for the glory of God that we don't have time to write a book. We just, our lives are, are the story. And, and, and I'm proud of my wife for hanging in there because, you know, I've been self-seeking sometimes. You know, uh, one, one, one bad thing about getting, having so many blessings and be physically gifted is that you sometimes, innocently, even though you know God and you say you love God, you get wrapped up in yourself and your, your uh, accomplishments you know, and, you know, your business and, and this and that. And that's all really garbage as far as God's concerned. You know, I, I realized that I needed to love Diane more every day. She needs it and I need it. And God, through Jesus Christ, spoke to me about it. So that, that's what I'm going to say about that. Um, and not much more. I, I am proud of everybody who's prayed uh, for uh, Sharon. Uh, believe me, um, 
I was, uh, I had double knee surgery, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, and uh, probably the toughest thing I ever have gone through in my whole life, uh, having both your knees replaced at the same time. And uh, I was down in a hospital in near uh, Boston somewhere, I forget where it was so long ago, but it, uh, God did bless me immensely and all that, but for three days, I was pretty much by myself down in Boston in a hospital that was too darn busy. And, uh, and uh, I... Uh, Prayed and prayed, and they had this little TV. It was a waste of time. I couldn't even see it. And, and you know, um, it, it, was, it was tough. And I can't imagine what Sharon went through for a couple of weeks. And I was praying for her this week. And uh, I, it really wasn't. I know all you were, too. You know, it, the, your prayers matter. It really does make a huge difference. And all of us have something going on. And we need to share it with one another so we can pray for one another. So that's my lesson there. Um, the crux of my lesson today is do not conform, but be transformed. Um, based on Romans 12, 1 and 2, uh, most of you know that I love those two scriptures. Um, if you've been in Bible study with me or even listened to my lessons, I always bring it up. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, um, uh, I won't say it right now because I'm going to quote it later, but most, all of you have a favorite scripture, Right? Most of you have favorite scriptures, you know, uh, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. It's right in, in front of Diane in, our, in her bedroom. If you've been in our Bible studies, it's awesome. You, know, you see it uh, right across the, the, the front of the, the room. And uh, uh, Diane has that up there. One of the nice aids that were for Diane stenciled that right across. You know, that's a great one. Uh, then you got Romans 8.28. We all know that. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That, that is really encouraging, and, and, and we know that. 831, Romans says, and Romans is, is such a special book. We're, we're going to be studying that. If God is for us, who can be against us? No way. You know, if God is for you, who can be against you? You got that? Right? I, I hope I, I don't need to repeat it. You know, there's no, I didn't hear, even hear an Amen. If God is for you, who can be against you? <laughs> Thank you. But we need to hear more of those. You know, 837. Knowing all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yep. We're more than conquerors you know, through him who loved us. You know, really good scripture. John 316. For God so loved the world that he gave uh, his own one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's that's uh, special, you know, and it's, it's, we that's everywhere, and that's that is awesome. People know that Ephesians three twenty, which we've been studying a lot, and uh, in Bible study over there, and even uh, the man I've been talking about. No, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Wow, you know that's another powerful scripture, one of Diane's aides. That's her favorite, and uh, she's quoted it to me, and I. I say, wow, that is a powerful, you know, that is powerful. But in the last few years, the Holy Spirit has drawn me to, to Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I don't think Romans 12, 1 and 2 is at the top of your list, if you've really read it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's read Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true 
and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah, that is an amen. Uh, you know, I've loved that scripture for years, and I, I'm bringing it up. And this past week, I had to really study it. And whoa, God hit me between the eyes. You know, he really did. He, uh, you know, I got to be a living sacrifice. You ever thought about that? A living sacrifice, you know, we know in, in uh, the, the apostles' times and, and beyond that, they used to coat the Christians in, in wax and then, you know, probably stick some kind of firecracker or candle at the top and light them up on fire. Those, that's what you call a living sacrifice, you know. That really, giving it all for Jesus, they wouldn't deny him. You know, and then, then you have, we have to be holy and pleasing to God. <clears throat> holy. Hmm. Holy and pleasing to God. That, that's sort of a tough one, too, you know. Uh, I try to be holy, but, uh, you know, that, that's tough sometimes. Uh, but this is our true worship, Paul says. Your true worship. You know, how are you worshiping God? with your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, which is really sort of my idea in this lesson. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Because I believe, and the, Paul is talking to Christians here. He's talking to you and I. The, the, the book he wrote to the Romans were the Roman Christians. And he's talking to you and me. Says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Tough. You know, it, it is because we, you know, we like to sort of conform. Don't you like your regular day? You get up, you have your cup of coffee, you know, you uh, go to the bathroom, you know, you uh, maybe get your Bible app out, and, you know, you got your pattern. You got your pattern. And you, you like to do that every single day. I know the guys at work hate it when I bring a new thing onto the menu. You know, they really hate it when I bring something new into our restaurant because they know how to cook everything that's all, that we've been doing. But you bring in something new like ravioli, anybody can cook ravioli, but they don't want it because they got to figure out how to cook it because they never cooked it in their life. It, it's, it's, it's hilarious, but, you know, they, they have their, their set in their ways, and we are the same way. If you stop and think about it, you are the same way if you're not careful. Um, so don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's the exciting part. It really is the exciting part. We've got to allow God to renew our minds. It's, you know, it's like I said about Diane. You know, until I heard Nick preach that lesson of passion, I sort of was conforming to the pattern of my world just to you know, take care of Diane and move on to the next challenge. And then the next challenge into the next challenge, into the next Bible study. And, and, and I, I have had a, a pattern, and I liked it, you know. But when something inter interferes with my pattern, I, oh, geez, I got to do that, honey. You know, honey, I got to go teach Bible. Uh, honey, you know, I got to decide whether I'm going to leave her and go teach Bible study or, or clean her up and, and move on. You know, yeah, we don't like that. 
And uh, I'm, I'm the same way. And then finally, Paul says, I've got to test and improve God's will. Wow. You've got to test and improve God's will. You've got to test. Oh, boy. You know, if we rightly apply it, you know, and I believe if you rightly apply all what I'm just saying, you are going to have a life that is full of passion and glory to God. You will not stop talking about him. Your very life will be just a reflection of what he is. And you just can't help it. And what happens, this church will be full. Or wherever you go, it will be full of just excitement. Because when you're excited for God, other people get excited for God. And they see that passion and they want to have the same passion. Dale is so good at, at encouraging me, you know. And uh, I am you know, thankful for the body, uh, you know, because we encourage one another really well here. And uh, Dale is special. And so is Floyd, you know, because you know, I see the guys more than the girls. So, so I'm sorry, you know, if I'm leaving out a few of the ladies. But, uh, you know, it, that, it, that is so special. And, and that's what uh, really, you know, I need because it gets lonely uh, doing the same thing day in and day out sometimes with whatever you're doing, you know. And so you need that encouragement to light that fire that God wants to have in your life. And I believe that's true. So the problem is, I believe for many, including myself, I am serving God. I am doing Bible study. I am on the Bible app. I am busy, which I hate when people say that. I am exhausted. That's what I hear a lot of. And I am not the great I am. I truly am not the great I am, but he is the great I am. And that's what we need to turn to. And, and stop saying, I, 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 whatever you're, whether you're busy or tired or working hard or whatever you, you think you're doing, I, um, God has more for you in, in store. And, you know, we want more from God. You know, and that's sometimes the problem. You want more from God. You don't want to give your life to God. But you want more from God. You know, we want to be blessed. We want good health. We want um, a good job. We want this and we want that. And, but we forget what God put us here to do. Serve him. Amen. Serve him. That's the answer. But, you know, that's, I, I got to preach the rest of the lesson, so I guess keep on going. So, <laughs> so don't get me wrong. You know, I do believe that we are blessed. You know, as TJ just said so well, you know, in a quiet, great way, uh, you know, about, get, about how blessed we are and all the clothes they have. That is so true. You know, you stop and think about what you have, and you look around, you look at the other countries, and, and, and you know, we've seen it. And uh, we, are, we are so blessed, and I, I believe that's true, and I believe he protects us, and I believe that he's gotten us through more than we'll ever know. I really do believe that. I'm 100% on board that. You know, God is love, and he does love us so much. But as we will see in 12, 1 and 2, as we, um, as, as we study it, um, we need to be living sacrifices, uh, as, God, as Paul talks about. So Paul, God wants us to give ourselves to him first and then to others. That's, uh, you know, what I just talked about with Diane. You know, he wants me to give myself um, to him and then to her. It's important as married couples that you 
puts your spouse right after God. So important. So many times you put the children in the way. So many times you put your 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 career in the way. And your, your my wife, she'll always understand. That's that's wrong. God tells us clearly in the scriptures. Just as me says to Rick, he says you need to love Diane like Christ loved the church. You know that's that's my message to me. And so that's why what I'm saying. You know. We need to uh, stop conforming to the pattern of this world. I, you know, monkey see, monkey do, as far as I'm concerned, and, and I'm not going to do what they're doing. You know, I'm going to serve God. You know, you got, we're going to make that our mind up there. And jo- uh, Jesus in Mark chapter 8. A great lesson, um, Mark chapter 8. And uh, 31 and following. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And uh, Jesus makes it clear. We've got to follow him first. We've got to follow him. And uh, and there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. So it's, it's not easy. But when you, when you uh, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, as we quote so much, what you're going to do when you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, you cannot get enough of God's word. Because if you love something, you've got to read about it. You've got to have the relationship with him. You can't just go about your conforming to the world and your job and what you think is important and, and put God on hold. He doesn't take call waiting very, very well. You know, he doesn't take it. So that's, boy, you know, and, and I needed this lesson because like anybody else, I, I, can, I can play God really well. I can, I can make, make, I'm not making pretend, but I can, I can put on God really well because I've studied him so long and I love him so much and, and you guys all, all say that. But I, like anyone else, I can just make it routine. Routine, you know, I'm going to go from Bible study to Bible study, from app to app, and, and not really make a difference in how I'm going about my relationships with my wife, my children, my employees, etc. So, you know, don't conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not letting, you know, let God come in and transform you by renewing your life, your mind, your body. He wants it all. 
as Paul says in 12, 1 and 2, he wants, he wants it all. And he will make your life a, something that's going to make a difference. That's what we want to do as Christians. We want to make a difference. We want our, our light to shine, as we always say. And, 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 but yet, we turn the light bulb off. You know, the power source. We, we go about our, our regular routine and, and hide in our houses and our bedrooms and our cell phones and whatever else we may like to get on a lot. You know, don't, don't hide in the closet. Be transformed by the Word of God. You know, like I said, it shook me to the core because I sort of felt that I was being routine with God. And, uh, and, and Nick's lesson spoke to me, so it really started examining my life and got me into Romans 12, 1 and 2 again, and I was scared. I was scared to do this lesson after a while because I'm saying, whoa, there's more to it than I thought. You know, really, there's more to it than I thought. But you know what the beautiful thing is about Romans? And, uh, and if you study Romans, and a lot of you guys are, uh, Romans is a love letter from Paul to the church. It's a love letter from Paul to you. It's a love letter. You know, Paul does say, I urge you to become a living sacrifice. But what he's also saying, and it doesn't, it's not real clear in that, that I'm going to come alongside and help you be that living sacrifice. I'm going to come alongside of you and help you in that Bible study. I'm going to come alongside of you and help you along the way. And like all of us come alongside each other at one point or another and help each other along the way. That's, that's what Paul is saying in Romans 12, 1 and 2. And we all need that, right? We don't need to have some, a brother or sister sometime to come alongside us and help us along the way with God's word. So that, that's what, what's truly special. Um, and uh, let's see. I've skipped along a little bit. Let me see if I'm looking at the right scripture. Uh, are we on John 4, 21 through 24 next? Yeah, John, 20, John 4, 21 through 24. <clears throat> and Nick's been doing such a good job studying John, but... Uh, I have to just go rehash it with you guys just for a minute. And uh, John chapter 4, 21. Um, Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We should worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming. Don't miss this point right here. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Remember, we miss sometimes miss that part. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. But I ask you, are you the kind of worshiper that God is seeking? Because he is seeking you. He's coming after you. Are you letting him? You know, are you opening up those channels to God to mold and make you, to transform you? And that's what Paul's saying. That's why he says that. And that's why Jesus says that to the, the, uh, the woman at the well. Same thing. You know, and, uh, and I love how Jesus talks to the woman at the well. You know, I need to talk to people like that. I need to be humble and meet them where they're at. But yet... You know, saying that God is going to meet you where you're at. You know, he's seeking you. He wants you. 
And especially if you don't have, if you're, you're not a Christian, you know, I, I just pray that, and I'm thankful that you give me the opportunity to talk to you. You know, I, I do get those opportunities at the, at the restaurant every once in a while. And, uh, and, uh, and I am so blessed because of that, and, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But, you know, notice two things. Jesus loves talking to, spe to this special woman. She, she thinks, like most of us today, you have got to go to that special church to get that special anointing. But you really got to go to that location where your heart is turned towards him. Might be in your own home. Might be in a Bible study on a Thursday night. It might be here. We don't know, but God, God wants your heart to be turned towards him. He wants to cultivate something awesome in you. You know, turn towards him and let him mold you and make you. And that's the kind of worshiper he wants. And that's the attitude we need to have. Verse 23 said, as I just mentioned, highlight it. Uh, 23. Uh, yet the time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of the worshipers the Father seeks. I love that part. The kind of worshipers the Father seeks. He's coming after you. He's coming after you. Be ready. Have that heart open and ready to go. And that's when that's what he wants, true worshipers, you know. And uh, I love all the songs that Nick picked out today. They, they really stimulated my, my worship to him. You know, and I know, I'm sure they did to you. You know, it, it's truly special. And, and I, I pray that all of us would worship him in spirit and truth. But we've got to worship the Father first. Because God is seeking true worshipers like you. I know he seeks me out. He keeps, he keeps giving me second chances. He really has. I can't tell you. I've been a Christian for since 1970. Uh, Nick's, Nick's 47, and I think I was, he was seven when we came to the Lord. So 40 years or, or so. You know, truly special time. And, uh, and God has given us so many second chances. He is the God of second chances. That's what I love about him. That's why Paul wants to come up alongside of you and, and, and encourage you with the book of Romans. As, as we do. For they are the kind of the worshipers the Father seeks. The, you know, our worship includes prayer, praise, thanksgiving, uh, serving God, serving others um, in His name, just to name a few. But above all else, our act of worship is worshiping Him. You know, putting Him first. 12.1. 12.1. Let me go back to 12.1 in, in Romans. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So there you go. We need to be living sacrifices. We can worship God. We can be holy and pleasing to him. You know, and um, it's just amazing. And uh, when I, I just um, talked about Nick's lesson earlier, uh, John 13, 34, and 35. And uh, just want to print it, uh, put it up in front of you again. A new command I give you: love one another, as I have loved you. <clears throat> so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, the second part sort of hit me. You know, by this, 
Everyone will know that you're his disciple. <laughs> yeah. Boy, do they know that you're God's disciple? Follow Jesus? You know, I, I hope they do. Um, but if you love one another sincerely, and uh, they will know it even by your actions. And they might even hear it in some of your words. And uh, They come in the restaurant and they hear the Christian music play. And, and, I, and, and you know, my employees put up with it. But, but it's funny, but uh, a couple came in Thursday night, I think it was. And, uh, and it was funny because I happened to wait on them as God would have it. Uh, and uh, a young couple, I think, in their 30s. And uh, they came in and they got four steak and cheeses and it was 40 bucks. I go, whoa. I'm thinking to myself, that's a lot of money. But <laughs> I set the prices, so I should know. But uh, anyways, they... they <laughs> They, uh, they, not, they don't flinch at, uh, an eyelash. And, they, and then they, they say to me, and, oh, then I, I say, you got $5 off because of our rewards program. And uh, they go, what's that? <laughs> I love it when people say that to me. What's that? You know, like, why you give me $5 off? Hmm. Well, it's my rewards program. I've been doing it for 20 years. Sorry, every 100 bucks you spend, you get $5 off. Oh, then they were all sort of happy and paid the 40 bucks took the four steak and cheeses, and I thought they were going to leave, but they, they t take the cheeses and they walk around and sit in the, in the, in the church, in the, in the restaurant. And, and so I go, well, that's great, you know, and, and don't think much of it. And so there was two other brats making a mess of the, the restaurant, and so after a while I go out and uh, I, I said, I, I, you know, I'm hobbling, you know, I'm limping around, I should be using a walker, but I, so I can't do a lot down in the restaurant. I make dough now and, and, and pizza once in a while. So I said, I'm going to go out and wash up that table. And I walk around the corner, and I almost run into the couple. And, and God had a plan. So they said, you know, those steak and cheeses were the best we ever had. But what you, know, you know what we really liked? Your music. I go, oh, great. Get a great chance to talk about Jesus. And we talked for 15 minutes. And uh, they took the brochure and, you know, reminded me of Feather years ago and coming in and, and hearing Nick and I talk. And, uh, but it was, God just has a plan um, to, to use you in a special way. And that's what I'm saying. If, if you make him a priority and you become that, you know, holy and pleasing to him, he'll open up a door for you. And, that's it. and that couple was so happy. And, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised they'd show up one of these days. I really wouldn't. You know, so... And, uh, you know, we've had TJ and, and Don come in the restaurant and Steve and Daniela and, you know, a few others, uh, you know, uh, the barber back there, Henry, you know, we, we, we go back and, in some special ways. <laughs> and, you know, God has just been blessed us so much because we started out in, out of Diane's bedroom, you know, and, uh, and, you know, Tim Landry and his, his wife, you know, and, uh, she made that nice at the crossing, and you know, it's just we started out in these funny, in odd ways, but God has been glorified through it, and uh, and then we got something great going on here. You know, if you were in our Bible study this morning, it was electric. It was full of tears, and passion, and love, and kindness, and and caring for one another. It was really was great. You know, so I encourage you to get into those Bible studies. Not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, God has transformed each one of us in a special way. I know that to be true. And, you know, by the way, I had a great week with Diane. 
I had a great week with Diane. And, you know, because she spoke to me last, last Sunday. I had a great week with her. And, you know, and I had to get this message together somehow. And I had a great week doing that on one hour of sleep. A lot of nights. I, I couldn't sleep for some strange reason. I think coming down off of that oxycodone and, the, and all the other medication that I took for two weeks, you know, which I had to do. And the doctor prescribed it. And, I, you know, I did it. And, um, but I, I uh, had a great week of, of study. And, you know, he truly transformed my mind. So four key points, and I'm going to move through sort of fast because I don't want to go on and on. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, the, the soul has been, our soul has been given to God. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your soul has been given to God. You know, you've got to know that. He's got you. He's got your soul. And, and that is awesome because really no matter how many times we sin, how, how many times we fall short, he still has us. He still has us. He, it, and he wants the best for you. And, you know, he might not give you quite what you want when you're sinning like crazy. He will speak to you with, through scripture, through problems, through this and that. He will speak to you until he gets your attention. Because he wants it. He wants it. So I'm telling you, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, because it's because of God's mercy that he has your soul. I didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. But God will. In his mercy and his love for you and his grace, he accepted you just like you are because you put your faith in him. His son, Jesus Christ. You did that. And that's what Paul is saying. He ur he's urging us. And he's saying, because of his great mercy, he has your soul, brother and sister. He saved you. Because you put your faith in him. But he first wanted you. And then you accepted the call. You know, so you accepted the call. Or you heard the gospel. Someone pre presented it to you. And you accepted his call. So now, and by faith, you accepted him. Which that is, you will never be the same again. But you know what? He also says, uh, because you don't deserve it, you got nothing to boast about. You got to, you got to, you got to get into my word and understand what I want from you. You start boasting about it, you know, you're just putting sort of everything on hold, you know, and he did that with me. I was just uh, uh, a great softball coach, great softball coach. You know, the trophies down the, res the restaurant and all that will verify it. And uh, I love girl softball. I, I, I did it innocently. I used to coach Nick, you know, when he started. And but he, by the time he was 13, he knew it all. So I went back and coached Angie and Jackie. And, and, and uh, you know, it, and it was funny because I didn't sort of, I sort of laughed at softball. I said, I'm a baseball man. You know, I was Ted Williams' uh, pupil. I went to Ted Williams' baseball camp. I, I was a pretty good athlete and, and baseball player. But so I went and coached the girls in softball, Angie and Jackie. And, uh, you know, we had so much fun. Uh, I, I was having fun again. I said, this, this is a blast, you know. And, but you're like, like, Good old me, I, I, I just had to win all the time, even in little girl softball. You know, I, I said, oh, it's just for fun, you know, good sportsmanship and all that. But the athlete in me said, we're going to win, you know, and, and we, we didn't win too quickly. And then all of a sudden I realized, and I was watching this girl and her father pitch from across the way, and she was windmilling. What's that? Windmilling. And so 
I all of a sudden realized, boy, if you could master windmilling, you could be a real good softball team because the pitcher can strike everybody out, you know? So I mastered windmill pitching. I became the windmill pitching girl of this area, and, and, and we went on and to do great things with Angie and Jackie, but then, then you know, I, I realized, Rick, you, uh, we, we lost everything. We lost our business, Bowling Acres. We lost our home. We lost everything back in 19, I think it was 94 uh, or 5. And, and I promised Diane, I said, honey, I won't coach, coach softball again, you know, because I just am too fanatical. What do you know? A few years go by, and I said, honey, they don't have a softball team over here in Anton. <laughs> you know, uh, can't I just help the team out? And she said, yeah, of course. You know, she, I always talk her into things, and it wasn't hard. And so next thing you know, uh, we don't win any games <coughs> in Antrim, and I'm mad. You know, and I've, finally I said, honey, you know, can't I just teach a couple girls how to windmill? And, uh, <laughs> and so... Believe it or not, two of the families uh, said, oh, yeah, we'll work all went along with you with our two daughters. And uh, I said, really? I said, yeah, okay. So every Tuesday, we went into the gym in Antrim and worked on the mill pitching. <coughs> These two girls, the, the Whittemores and the, uh, um, I forget who the other, oh, the Murphys. And the parents were right there. And I, I'm thinking, you yeah, know, maybe we'll win a few games because you can't master it this quickly. Well, they both mastered the art of windmill pitching fast. And the, the first game we have, which was hilarious, against Peterborough, our old, my old stomping ground, Peterborough, uh, Kelly Whittemore fires a ball, and she hits the first girl. I mean, hard. The girl's, ah, cries and, and all that. And I go, oh, no. And, uh, you know, I go out to talk to Kelly. She goes, I said, what happened, honey? You never do that. She goes, oh, I was a little nervous, coach. She goes, I'll get it under control. She, she, she goes, strikes out 20 girls. Doesn't allow a single run. And uh, I just couldn't believe it because Peterborough had the best team. So, uh, and then the Maggie Murphy, the littler one, uh, I, I didn't have much faith in her, but she, at 10 years old, against 12-year-olds, she's striking them out too. And we go on to be almost undefeated. And then we go from one year to the next six straight years of winning the championship including going over to Jaffrey and beating the big boys over there. That's because I can coach windmill fishing like you wouldn't believe. And what a waste of my Christian life. <laughs> I was still teaching and preaching, but what a waste of my Christian life. You know, I, I really was still doing a good job for, for God, you know, at, at the Church of Christ downtown. And, um, but I wasn't doing a great job. I wasn't giving my all to God. I was giving my all to softball. So that's my point. See, when you've got to be careful because you can conform to the pattern of the world. That's what I did. And, and I still was a Christian, and I still did my Christian duty. But that's not what God wants. He wants it all. So as God's, and I want to move along. So, you know, he says we're God's holy people. And uh, he, he says that in as we read in 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Um, it's, it's at this point, you know, I want to flip back to Romans 10.1 through 10. Because I want to make a point that God has called you. 
to be holy. You flip over to Romans 10, 1 through 10, and I encourage you to read it on your own because it, there's a lot there. Um, Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, Paul says, who has, as through his earthly life, was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through, whom, through him we receive grace and apostleship. So Paul gives his credentials. You know, he, he was, God gave him a special gift of grace uh, to be an apostle, to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from our God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop there, even though I did 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, you are called to be holy. And that's tough. That's a tough calling. But God has called you. You know, he, he called you. He chose you. When you accepted by faith uh, his, his son, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you did that, he has your soul, but now he's calling you to him to be holy and blameless. And that's, that's a tall order, but he says, he says it. I believe it, don't you? I, I believe I'm called to be holy and blameless. Sorry. I believe it. He said it. There's no question about it. How do we do it? You know, that, that's the thing. And Paul says, I'll come along and help you do it. And that, that's what, uh, that's what this, the great thing that uh, has, will help you, us all to be holy as God is holy. You know, we know that scripture. And, and that is so special because we need that help. We all need that, that little nudge, that encourage to get to Bible study or whatever it's going to take to draw you closer to him. You need that little nudge. I know I did. You know, Max Lucado says, one thing I never forgot, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. James, I think, uh, 4, 6 or something like that. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Just a, a simple, you know, Max is so good at giving just simple down-to-earth advice. So, you know, it doesn't matter your age. Um, it doesn't matter where you are in your Christian walk. Paul wants to come alongside of you and help you be holy and blameless. You know, 5 and 6 of, of um, chapter 1 says, through him, we receive grace and apostleship. That's Paul's talking about himself. But to call all the Gentiles, you and me, to the obedience that comes from faith in, in his namesake. So he called you to obedience by faith for his namesake, Jesus Christ. He called you that. And, and then 6 says, and you also among those Gentiles who are being called to belong to Jesus Christ. So we're called to belong to Jesus Christ. Study that. Read it. Uh, to all in Rome, he finally says, who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. You know, he has called you to be his holy people. And, and he will make a special way for you to be a, his holy uh, vessel. Everyone has their different gifts. That's what I love about our body. You all have our different gifts. You know, some have incredible passion. You know, I love Claire and Bible study. She just has to speak with passion 
and get it out about her children. You know, it's just so special. And it, I, I, it makes my job so much easier. You know, <laughs> it really does. Because you trusted and obeyed God, Claire. He is blessing you. And he's blessing your family. And that's, that's just the, tr the truth. You belong to Jesus by faith. And God loved you so much, he called you to be his holy people. You know, and I believe that. So question two, part two. The body must be given to God. Huh, we're all going to go on a diet. You know, <laughs> the body must be given to God. <laughs> you know, he says, offer your bodies as living, as living sacrifices. God has your soul, now he wants your body. You know, uh, that's right. God has your soul, now he wants your body. So what he's saying, he just wants you to serve him. He's given you special gifts. He just wants you to serve him. It's as simple as that. But I'm going to read one scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 6, 19 and 20. And uh, I don't want to go on and on because we started late, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> 6, you know, I have to turn to the, the scripture. Uh, I know it's up on the page. Here it is. 6, 19 and 20. Uh, do not, do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. R real good scripture. You know, we all, we all know that scripture. You know, we said, yeah, we got to honor God with our bodies. You know, yeah, that's true. Um, it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is living in you. God's one and only Son is living in you. Boy, that's what a privilege and an honor. That God loved me so much when I placed my faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. He put Jesus in me by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's living in you. So honor your bodies. Honor your bodies, He says. We have the Holy Spirit. God gave it to us because... We put our faith in him. But we are no longer our own. He says, <clears throat> we are no longer our own. Why is that? We made, he made us holy by putting Jesus in us. And we are forgiven by the blood of his son. And so we, we can therefore be transformed because we have the, the the Holy Spirit living in us, and we have been forgiven by the blood of Christ. We have been bought with a price. What does it say? 20, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Whew, everything gets quiet when you start saying that. Um, but it's, it's not that hard. Love him with all your heart, mind, and soul. We talk about it all the time. Um, love others the same way. Uh, Jesus says... Um, Love others like I loved you. Hmm, that's easy. It's hard to do, but uh, boy, he loved me so much he died for me, so I better, I better love my wife like a husband's supposed to. I better love my, my family like, like Jesus would. Boy, <coughs> Jesus was uh, in my, walking beside me all the time. You know, Casting Crowns has a great video, and, and I forget what it is, but, Jesus is walking beside everything they do in the video. 
And, it, and it's such, such a powerful video because, you know, boy, that's a good way to look at it. You know, shaking hands, you know, shaking, like this is right there, shaking hands with you, uh, you know, praising him, loving, like Jesus, like, just like Jesus is right beside you. You know, I mean, he, he is. We've got to honor God with our bodies as living sacrifice because Jesus is living in you. Point number three, the mind must be given to God. <clears throat> you know, that's a challenge for some of us because as I get older, I'm forgetting things. You know, I, I really had a tough time this week. That's why I, I spend a lot of time on this lesson. But Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and my message simply is that, you know, we, be, we accepted Jesus by faith in him, and we love to serve him and others. Simple as that. We accepted Jesus Christ by faith. He took your soul and has got your soul right in his hands. But he wants your, your body and now he wants your mind to be on him. How do you get your mind on him? Many different ways. Um, and that's up to you. You know, you can attend a Bible study. You can get on your app all the time. You know, you, you can choose that. And I just encourage you to choose it 100%. Whatever you choose, however you choose to follow him, 100%. Don't conform to the pattern. You'll be transformed. Last point, and almost done. Uh, Romans, uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 14. Um, and that's, uh, this is a powerful, powerful few verses. Colossians 3, 1 through 14. And I'm going to move right along, but Colossians 3. There we go. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is yours, your life appears, then you also appear with him in glory. Boy, if I, that doesn't make you want to do something for him, I don't know what will. Then keep on going, but this, this is where it gets tough. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. In Paul is talking to Christians here. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of, of all such things as these. Uh, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, safe or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, hear me, brothers and sisters, as God's chosen, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If any of you has a grievance against each other, Someone forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's, uh, so what's on your mind? Con don't conform. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Highlight that scripture. Go back and read it. Uh, he wants your heart and he wants your mind. He wants you to think about things above, not below. He, he says your life is hidden with Christ in God. Think about that. Your life is hidden with Christ 
in God. He's got you. He's got you. He's hidden there. Your old self or your new self? Are you being renewed in the knowledge and the image of our Creator? In, the, in, in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Final thoughts. I'm going to wrap this up. Point four. The will, your will, must be given to God. You know, we've given him, we're given, he's got our soul. He's got your body. You're doing pretty well there. He's got your, your mind, but he wants that strong will. You know, some of us have strong wills, right? You know, we know. I just know what he wants me to do. I know what I got to do. When I got to go, I know what's going to get me to heaven. And, and granted, as a Christian, you're going to go to heaven. And, but he wants you to give in your will. What does it say? What does it say? 12, 2, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, he wants you to give your will and know his will. Simple as that. He wants you to give in. The old self is gone. The new is here, we say. Uh, but I don't really read the Bible much. So I don't exactly know what God wants of me, but I know he wants something. No, he wants you to think uh, like he would think. Get into his word and examine yourself as we do with the Lord's Supper. There's so many great things um, that he wants of you. And please remember this. God loves you so much. <laughs> he, he gave his one and only begotten son, you know, and he, he gave everything for you. And, and he just, he's just waiting sometimes when you decide what you want to do. You know, you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but he's waiting for you to take that next step, to teach that Bible study, to uh, pray with your children, whatever that next step might be. You know, you just got to, sometimes you got to take baby steps. You know, we, we can't all teach a Bible study. We can't all preach, but we sure can pray, and we sure can pray with our children, our wife, our spouse, our friends. You know, the, the, God has taught us how to pray. You know, you can start. There. There's so many ways you can serve God, and the, and be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that's what I'm talking about today. And I pray that you would hunger and thirst for righteousness in your life. That's my prayer for you today, that you would stop conforming to whatever you're conforming to. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for you. You. And, I, and that goes for me most, more than anything else. I need to surrender all, as that old song says. And uh, I'm going to move to the last scripture. And David said, you know, David, a, a man after God's own heart. He says, I desire to do your will, my God. Simple as that. I desire do your will, my God. That's all. That's, it's really as simple as that. You know, you know, this lesson really hit me right between the eyes. And my prayer is that it, it really helps you to maybe improve your Christian walk. Uh, don't conform. Don't stand out. God, you, Jesus, stand out because he, he's living in you. I know he's living in me and he's living in you. And, and we need to stand out and stand up for him in whatever way we can do. Um, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all this is garbage to you. Really, it's foolishness, as, as they say in the Bible, because you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Um, please listen to me real closely right now. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
You need to. He's calling you right now. I don't know who you are or where you are. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're in this room. But he's calling you right now. I'm serious. Don't mess around with God. I tell you, it'll change your life forever. Right? Amen. All right, let's stand and sing the song of invitation. Thank you very much. Our leaders want to come and pray with you. <laughs>